we're starting a series that I call The Magnet in You. The Magnet in You. The Magnet in You. And I'm going to show you there are a lot of things that are inside of you that are serve as magnets to bring to you the things that you desire. And they are all inside of you. And I'm going to show you throughout this series that God needs those things to start working on your inside so he can bring the desired miracle that you want to bring to you the things that you need to bring to you the things you've been trusting him for. I've got a key scripture for this entire series, but before I read that key scripture, I'd love to read some other scriptures for you. Remember, this is Bible surfing, so we do a lot of word, you know, surfing and reading and all that. So I would love if you turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 23. I'm going to read first from the New Living Translation. Proverbs, chapter 4 verse 23 the bible says guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life that scripture is profound i'm sure you've heard that scripture being quoted or being read severally i think the king james version says guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life uh, my wife um i think on sunday spoke to us about diligence and that message is so profound you can catch up on that message on on um, our youtube channel or on the podcast catch up on that message she preached because she's going through taking us through the scriptures, studying Bible heroes, and some of the principles that made them successful. And one of the principles she has highlighted, which she spoke about on Tuesday, is the principle of diligence. Now here, the Bible is telling us to guard our heart with that same diligence. We should guard our mind with that same diligence. And he gave us the reason why. The reason stated in that scripture in verse 23 is that out of your heart. Now, if you've also joined us for the last, in the um, the last series we just concluded about training or updating your inner man, you also see where I talk to you about the heart. That the crooks of the matter in life is the heart. And I show you that principle you know, I should do that in the last series. So you can always catch up on the podcast. So there's something that is inside you that affects your outside. I'll say that again. There is something that is inside you that affects your outside. And if you really look at that scripture, you will see that whatever happens on your outside is sort of controlled from what happens on your inside. That's why they gave that instruction to do what? Guard it. Guard it. I was speaking with one of my sisters today and I told her that 
I was really apologizing because she she said that she sent me a message on my birthday. I didn't even reply. I had to apologize profusely. And I said something to her. I said that what has been happening with me for the past couple of years is that I am reducing external noise. Noise that gets into me. That I'm trying to reduce it. That I'm cutting some things off. I am taking away some things. I am monitoring what I am listening to. Very carefully. That even my phone, that I have an app that monitors how much time I spend on each app and I can set the time and I do that always. I set the time. I don't want to spend so much time, you know, until I started setting the app limits on, on my phone, I realized how many hours I spend on these apps, especially social media apps. You know, if you don't take time out to monitor it, you wouldn't know the amount of time you are giving to such frivolities. And time is money. And every time or whatever you give time to, you give a portion of your life to. That is the truth. People that teach this always use this um, uh, well, like an analogy. They will say that, do you know that if you sleep eight hours every day and you live for 75 years, that you've slept, that you've slept <laughs> for 25 of those 75 years. Think about it. You know, until we actually put things in context and take statistics, you will not really know what is going on in your life. That is why the God we serve is a God of numbers. God believes so much in numbers because when you follow numbers, you can predict behavior and things. And that is the truth. So I apologize to her because I'm reducing what is getting on my inside. I am reducing it. Because if you let news, bad news, a lot of frivolities get on your inside, you don't expect to be a man of faith. It doesn't work that way. A man that they call the Apostle of Faith, um, Smith Wigglesworth, a man that was so full of faith that, I mean, it's on record that he did crazy miracles, was a man that as a point of um, of living, that is one of his life, life um, rules, he does not read the newspaper. Now, you come to his house with the newspaper, he will tell you, leave it outside. Why? He's guarding his heart. He's guarding his heart. Say, leave that newspaper outside. It's a record that he carried a New Testament Bible everywhere he went to. You invite him for dinner. Before you eat, you will bring out the Bible, read the scripture. You, he goes anywhere. He said, at least within every hour, he reads the Bible. What was he doing? He was filling his mind. He was filling his heart with the word of God. No wonder he was a giant of faith. He did crazy miracles, mind-blowing miracles. That will fail me to take you through some of the miracles he did. Because every information he was getting was from God's word. And God's word is the source of faith. You can't be taking in and ingesting God's word the way he did and you will not be a man of faith. You can't be ingesting the word of God the way he did and you give him to worry. You just can't worry. 
I mean, even if you try to worry, you can't. Even if you try to be anxious, you can't. Because in God's word, there's no anxiety. In God's word, there's no worry. <laughs> so that's what Paul said. Look, Paul talked to us about that in Philippians chapter 4. He listed a list of things that we need to sit down on, fill our minds with, you know, meditate on. So when you do all of this, the God of peace will tabernacle with you. Worry disappears. Anxiety dissipates. You know, <laughs> doubt, fear, all those things just naturally disappears. Why? If you take away the source of something, you've taken away life from that thing. When you take away the source of bad news, frivolities, and you stop it from coming into you, you've taken away worry, anxiety, fear, doubt. When you now start filling yourself with God's word, which is another source of faith, courage, you will start seeing yourself walking in faith, exercising faith, and doing mighty works. It's actually simple. It is not automatic. It is simple. But once you can discipline yourself and develop that habit, your life will change. So, guarding your heart with all diligence is an advice that a man that wants to be a giant in life should take. Be careful what you hear. Be careful what you see. Be careful the words you surround yourself with. He said this severally. You cannot speak doubt around me. You cannot complain around me. You cannot speak worry around me. I will not allow it. Why? I am guarding my heart. With diligence and in this series i'll show you why you need to do that why there is something on your inside there's something on your inside that proves to you things that you want when you now fill your inside with the wrong things it becomes difficult to attract those things but when you fill your heart with the right things, it becomes easy to attract the things you want. When you fill your heart with the wrong things, you attract wrong things. When you fill your heart with right things, you attract right things. That is how it works. That is how it works. The message translation says something on, about that. It says, keep vigilant. Watch over your heart. That is where life starts. I pray that you will catch a revelation from just this scripture. And let that revelation prompt action. Remember, remember how to train your inner man, upgrade your inner man. As when we ended it, the fourth law is all about action. Just don't hear God's word and not act upon it. You should act upon God's word. When you hear God's word, take concrete action. It is in the place of action that the word of God works. So I'll, I'll put it this way. Show me your, excuse me. I'll put it this way. Show me your mind. Show me your thoughts. Let me understand your mindset. I will show you your future. I'll say that again. Show me your mind. Show me your thoughts. Let me understand your mindset. 
Let me see the kind of attitude you've developed. My son talked about this attitude, or, or talked about attitude last Sunday. Show me your mind. Show me your thoughts. Show me the things that you think on and brood on. Show me the things you permit to enter your mind. I can predict your future. Why? Your future can be predicted on what you're doing now. Your future can be predicted on the pictures of your mind now. When you sit and think and imagine and daydream, what are you seeing? What are you daydreaming of? What are you imagining? Why, whatever you imagine, think on, you will produce. That's why it is important to guard it. Now, there are some things you need to install in your mind to become successful. There's some things you need to install in your mind to grab the things that you want in your future. And that's what we're going to look at throughout this series. But first, I'm going to set the tone with this introduction. Now, what is our key scripture? And it's a popular scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures. But I'm going to unpack that verse or two verses for you into this service and I will close in the next few minutes. And what is that scripture? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You guys know I love Ephesians. Ephesians is a powerful book for every Christian. You should know Ephesians at the back of your hand. Now, if you've listened to me recently and you've not gone to read the entire book of Ephesians, please, I will beg you, read it just this week. It's just made up of six books, just six. Read it from verse chapter 1 to chapter 6. Read it and ask the Holy Spirit. Remember what I thought you guys, whenever you open your word to read, kneel down, ask the Holy Spirit to teach you, to unpack those scriptures for you. One of my favorite scriptures, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. The Bible says, Now, unto him. Now, if you have a manual Bible, there are some words and phrases. I'm going to tell you later to please mark and circle. But let me read it first. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly. King James says far and above. New King James says above all we ask or think. He now says according to the power at work within us or the power that worketh within us. Now, some key scripts, some key words and phrases I want you to mark. I'm going to look at them one after the other. Is the first is him. Now to him. We're going to identify who that him is. The next two words I want you to mark is exceedingly abundantly. Oh, that is the magic words or magic words in that verse. I love that those two words exceedingly abundantly now the next word i want you to mark is think then the next word or two words i want you to mark is according to then the next one is power then the next group of what is works in us or worketh in us depending on the um, version of or scripture you are reading so those are the words I wanted to mark. I'm going to look at them. Okay, the other one is glory. Very important. Glory. So him, able, 
exceedingly abundantly think according to power worketh in us and glory. So we're going to unpack it now. First, I'm going to start from the last word, which is glory. Now the word glory there is the word doxa. Doxa. Doxa is the Greek word that was translated glory there. It means honor, praise, worship, the witness of the glory of God. Doxa. And that is the end. You know, we'll talk about means and end. That's the scripture. The end or the reason why of verse 21 is that glory. And who is that glory going to? That is the hymn that was first identified in verse 20. And that hymn also showed up in verse 21. And of course, we know who that hymn is. Is God the Father. Now, listen to this. I'm going to show you the magnet that is at work within you. And that magnet is going to do exceedingly abundantly for you. It's going to bring mighty miracles for you in this 2021. In the name of Jesus. This 2021, if you believe that, shout a big amen. In this 2021, before the end of it, remember this is halfway. You know, is a period where you need to sit down, you know, take stock of the first half of the year. Put your house in order so you can launch or relaunch again. Now, I'm telling you, no matter what has happened in the first six months, I mean, once I got a, a, a massive testimony today, somebody was giving me a massive testimony of a new, of a renewal of the contract in her job, cash gifts, a lot of things that she got just this week. And I was so, 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 so grateful to God for that. Now, that is what has happened in the first half of the year. Now, whatever miracle you've gotten or you are still expecting to get, get ready. This second half of 2021, God is going to do something in your life and that thing will beat whatsoever you have ever asked of Him, whatsoever you have ever thought or imagined. God is set to do in this second half of 2021, mighty things in your life, in your job, in your career, in your family. If you believe that, shout a big amen. Hallelujah. That is why I'm teaching this. Why? There are some things that you must get on your inside so you can pull. You can pull. You can attract. You can release a force field. A magnetic force field all around you that wherever you go and step into those things that you want to come to you that wherever you go and step into and make a request nobody can gain say wherever you step in and make a request the people you need something from will know no rest they will know no peace until you are favored because you are coming in with a supernatural magnet to collect that which you need, that which you deserve, that which you want. In the name of Jesus, the next half of 2021 will be one of the best half years of your life. It will be a couple of years compressed into six months. If you believe that, shout a big amen. Say, I don't care what news you've heard. I don't care. What uncertainty that surrounds that job. 
you will be set apart. You will be set apart. Others might fall. Others might be cast away. But not you. Not you. In the name of Jesus. God is set to open doors for you. If you believe that, shout a big amen. God is set to open doors for your children. If you believe that, shout a big amen. God is set to exalt you to a height unimagined. You've wondered where those funds will come from for that thing, for that project. Hey, hear the word of the Lord. You will neither see wind, you will neither see rain, but your vat will be filled with water. You're wondering, oh, how would I get that money for that school fees? It is too much. Hey, listen to me. God does not start a project that he does not conclude. He is not a Nigerian contractor that goes to site and abandons that project. Hey, there was a he who has started a good work in you. Ha! The question is, has he started it? You might say, mm, I don't know. Hey, that the fact you are alive means that he has started it. If God is done with you, he would have recalled you to heaven. But the fact that you are alive in this land of the living, God is not done with you. So that scripture is for you. Hey, listen to me. He who has kept you alive today, he who has started that good work in you, he who has started that good thing in you, will accomplish it in the name of Jesus. Shout a big amen. Shout a big amen. Shout a big amen. Shout a big amen. Type it in the comment. Shout a big amen. Type it in the comment. Something is about to fall on you this night. <laughs> See, when the word of God rightly divided comes and permeates your mind, it releases revelation. Revelation causes action. Action brings to us that miracle. Amen. So listen, glory. The word glory there. Listen to me, listen to me. This is very important. The thing that is exceedingly, the thing that will be abundant, that God is set to do in your life in this second half of 2021. He is doing it. So at the end, you bring glory to him. So at the end, you come back and bow and say, Baba, thank you. So at the end, you will not take his glory and give to man. <laughs> hey, don't do that. Don't say it's my pastor that prayed and something happened. No, no, no. Yes, he must have he might have prayed. Yes, he might have prophesied. Hey, but always say the glory belongs to God because God has done this. Don't say it's because I sold a seed. Don't say because it's my faith. I had faith in my faith. That's why this thing don't, happened. That's why this miracle came. No, 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 no. Don't attribute or give glory to yourself or to your faith or to that seed that you sowed. Yes, those things are just points of contact. Faith is the means to get what you want. But never forget to return all the glory back to God. That is the end of this verse 20. Because, listen to me, God is set to do a big work in you. And in prayer meeting last week, God gave me a word. He says, see, he's about to settle some people. <laughs> you might have run around for years. 
you might have wondered where will help come from. Don't forget that word I gave in prayer meeting. God is about to settle you. When God settles you, <laughs> you will know it. You know, in the apprenticeship world, when a guy serves his master, after seven years, the master settles him. And that settling is settlement enough for that boy to become a master of his own. <laughs> that is human beings. Now imagine when God settles you. Hey, hey. He will settle you so much so that you will be a blessing to others. Listen to me. He will settle you so much so that you will go and settle others. <laughs> when you now become so blessed that you can settle people, you will know that the God, the Almighty God, Jehovah Jireh, Nisi, Adonai, El Shaddai, has settled you. Because for all the members of Activate Church, 2021 will not end until you are settled. That thing you've chased from years back up to 2020, you must receive it in this year, 2021. In the name of Jesus, they may have rejected your application last year. They may have declined your request last year. Not this year. This year, you will get it. This year, it will come speedily. This year, you will receive it. In the name of Jesus. Now, do you know why you will receive it? Not because you are fine or you are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are ugly or because of anything about you. No. You will receive it because God, the Father, wants the glory. <laughs> He's so jealous of this glory that he warned us not to give his glory to any man. <laughs> he wants it all for himself. Ha, glory be to God. <laughs> oh, Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. Oh, glory. <laughs> oh, God, Holy Spirit. I love you so much. I wanted to finish this um, introduction today. Father, help me. Help me. Help me. Okay, that is glory. And we've looked at him. We now know who him is. And we know the reason why he's going to do all of this. It is for his glory. Now, who is able? Him, who is, the, who is God the Father. The Bible has made it clear that he is able. I won't talk so much about that. We know that. God does not have, I always say this always, God does not have all power. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Mm, that's not what he has. God has all power and he's the source of all power. <laughs> I'll say that again. God does not just have all power. That's why we call him the almighty. He goes beyond that. He has all power and he's the source of all power. Now, as the source of all power, it means he can come up with other kinds of powers that are not yet existing. Because all power comes from him, including the one Satan has. He's the one that created Satan. So he's able. There's a lot of Christians that doubt the ability of God. They doubt the ability of God. They'll be like, God, uh, we know, we know uh, that you are able, oh. we know uh, that you are powerful, oh. but uh, 
we are not sure if your power or your ability will come true for us. They doubt God's ability and they doubt God's willingness. They doubt God's willingness. But I'm coming there. So he's able. And what is he going to do? The Bible says he's going to do exceedingly abundantly. Exceedingly abundantly. Like I told you, I like that word. Exceedingly abundantly. <laughs> do you know what that means? God will go beyond your expectation. I like this, I like this definition. <laughs> the Holy Spirit showed that to me today. God is El Shaddai, which is the God of um, more than enough. And that's exactly what this is, exceeding abundantly. He says that God will do more than enough for you. Do you know, I don't know if somebody has filled your cup with wine or a drink. Now, it gets to a certain place. That person, it's enough, it's enough, it's enough. Why? You are afraid of it spilling over. So it's enough, it's enough. Just stop pouring, stop pouring. And you're okay with that because your cup is full. But God does not operate like that. <laughs> we need to understand the Father. <laughs> the Father doesn't seek to give you enough. <laughs> Whenever God wants to give you something, He gives you more than enough. Once you have those things in you to believe Him for. Those magnets, I'm going to show you from next week to believe for it. He will not give you sufficiently. No. He will give you excess. That's why we call him Jehovah Overdue. He does not give you what you need. He does not give you enough. He gives you more than enough. He gives you in excess. I, like, I always say this way to myself. I say, God is an excessive God. <laughs> oh, exceedingly abundantly. And that's exactly what the Father will do for everyone that believes and trusts in Him. He said, above all, you ask or think. I won't say so much about things, but I'm going to tell you, go, please go to, go to my podcast, look for Pastor B podcast on any of the podcast platform and go and search for power of imagination. Because anything you think about is your imagination. I have done work on that. God is going to give you what you ask and going to give you what you think. That is why you have to guide your mind. That's why I said that with that scripture. Because if you are thinking evil thoughts, if you are thinking thoughts of doubt, you are thinking thoughts of worry, you are going to run into a lot of problems. So in order not to think thoughts of thoughts of doubt, worry, and all that, you need to diligently guard your heart. Very important. So I won't dwell on that today. So I need to finish this uh, introduction today. Now, see where I'm going to spend some time in. And I want you guys to listen very carefully. Very carefully. This is the crux of this verse. And what is that? The Bible says, according. According. And I says something else. Power at work in us. So there is a power at work 
in you. But there's a word that comes before that that is so important. If you miss that word, you've missed the entire scripture. You can quote the scripture, blast it, you know, confess it. If you miss that word according, you've missed out in that whole scripture. Because the key to that scripture, God doing everything is going to do exceeding abundantly more than what you ask, what you think, is hinged on the word according. And that word according sounds like a condition. God will do everything, but everything he will do, he will do according. God is able, he's almighty, he's the source of all power. But when he does that exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think, he will do it according. So in banking, we call this conditions precedent. Meaning when you sign a contract with a customer, like a loan contract, there are some conditions the customer must fulfill before the loan is disbursed. So we call those conditions, conditions precedent to draw down. So the customer cannot draw on the loan, though it has been approved for him, till he meets those conditions. And the typical condition is that he will sign the agreement, basically. And there are many more. Now, if that loan is secured with maybe a property or an asset, we also need for the man to give us that asset or give us that property. So all those conditions that must be met by the customer before we allow him draw on the approved loan is what we call conditions precedent to draw down. So God is able, God is mighty, he's willing to do it. But every power, might of God, and willingness of God to do exceedingly abundantly is hinged on according. According to what? The power at work where? Within us. Remember, that's why I'm teaching this series. There is a power at work within you. There are many of them. It's not just one. There are many of them. That's why I'm running this series. I'm going to start showing it to you from next week. That's why when I see men only hold on to God and hand over every duty or every, you know, every duty that will bring them miracle, every responsibility that will bring the things that they want from God, only to God, and they go and sleep, I laugh. Why? Jesus made it so clear in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. The Bible says that Jesus looked at them and said, Hey, with man, this one is impossible. But not with God. He now said, But with God, all, all, not some, all things are possible. With God, there is no limit. Because God is unlimited. God cannot be limited. With God, there are no impossibilities. Because everything is possible because he's the source of everything. But you look critically at that verse. This is Jesus speaking. Never forget this. I we get tired of saying it. Anytime you hear words direct from the, from the Father, don't joke with it. 
Anytime you hear words direct from the Son, Jesus, don't joke with it. And this is Jesus speaking. Jesus said unto them, with men, this is impossible. So, man alone, there are a lot of things that you cannot break through. Man alone, there might be some roadblocks that you cannot push down. Man alone, there might be some dishes you can't cross over. But if that man networks with the Father, if that man networks with God, every obstacle, opposition, ditch, mountain, valley becomes nothing because he has networked with the man that has all the power and is the source of all the power. But the key word there is with. Man alone cannot do it. On earth, God alone cannot, can also do it. Pastor, what are you saying? You don't know that God is all-powerful. How can you say that God on earth cannot do some things? Listen carefully. On earth, when it comes to earth, in this period of time that we are in, in this dispensation of time, since the time he gave dominion to man over earth, though God is sovereign, though God is all-powerful, though God can do anything he wants to do, though God owns the earth and everything on the earth, there are some things he has chosen. Not that he cannot do it, but he has chosen based on his principles of delegation and authority, he has chosen not to do except through a man. Let me explain that. I, I can sense, though I need to end, but I can sense one or two people that are like, oh, Pastor, what are you saying? There's something called... Um, in the legal world, um, power of attorney. When a man gives a legal power of attorney to another man, the man in possession of that power of attorney, though he's not the owner of the estate or the property, but he's in possession of the power of attorney, he can act on behalf of the owner. When God recreated the earth, he gave man, Adam, the power of attorney. So man can act in God's stead. That's why he first in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and all that, he said, go and have dominion, dominion. Meaning, dominate this realm, which is earth. You have the power of attorney. He created man, put him in the garden and said, Go, tend, manage this whole thing. You have my power of attorney. Before man, before recreation, somebody else had that power of attorney. And that person's name was Lucifer. The Bible tells us that in the prophets. Lucifer was the one in charge of of this world 
Now, when you read Corinthians chapter 4, the Bible called him the God of this world. Why? He used to be in charge of the world. He was God's son. He was like light, the son of light, Lucifer. He was the one in charge of earth. He was the one that was like, was like Adam, if you know what I mean. He wasn't man, but he was like the one with that authority over earth. He oversee the events of the earth till he fell. When he fell, his world was destroyed. That is why when scientists go and dig up fossils, they dig up fossils and they carbon date it. It will date millions and millions of years. They get some skull of things that look like man. It will date millions and millions of years. And yet we know that Adam was created barely 6,000 years ago. So all those creatures that they had carbon dating their fossils and their bones, when did they live? They lived before Adam. We call them pre-Adamic creatures. When that world was destroyed, they lost their bodies. Most of them became demons today because they were under the control of Satan. So when that world was destroyed, they all joined the kingdom of darkness. So God chooses. When God gives his power of authority to something, he does not dirty delegate. What does that mean? He won't give you an authority over something and come behind you and be, and be interfering. That's why we say that God does not interfere. God intervenes. There's a big difference. Interference is intervention without, without permission or without invitation. But intervention is interference with permission. So that's why we say that prayer is heaven, is earthly license. Meaning we are permitting from earth heaven to intervene. So we license heaven to intervene. That's what prayer is. If God can do and undo on earth, we don't need to pray. If God can undo, do and undo on earth, we don't need to walk. We don't need to do, we don't need to have faith. Why? Why should you have faith when God can do and undo on earth? Why should you walk when God can do and undo? Are you, are you getting the logic? If God truly can undo and undo on earth, he can. Don't get me wrong. He has the power, but he has chosen not to because he has given us the authority. He has given man the authority to operate on earth on his behalf. So except when we invite him in prayer, that's when he, he, he intervenes. <laughs> Time will fail me to go deep to explain that. But if you have questions on that, leave it on the chat. I'll contact you. I would I'll explain to you further. But why am I saying that? I'm saying that so you understand what Jesus said here. He said, but with, with is a conjunction connecting two things. In this case, two characters. Man with God, there are no impossibilities. Man alone, plenty of impossibilities. God alone on earth, he will choose not to do anything till man invites him. So he's there. He has the power. Yes. Are things impossible for him? Yes. But he will keep quiet while he has given you authority. Without authority, you can invite him. When you invite him and he comes and joins you, then 
nothing becomes impossible for you. Now you begin to understand why. That God, though all-powerful, God exceedingly and abundantly at the things he's going to do in your life needs your cooperation. And your cooperation involves things that you must have within you so that with God, everything you want will come to pass. I'll explain this further and I'll close. Hopefully the Holy Spirit will make it clearer to you. You know, Jesus said to the, to the man, remember the transfiguration? He went up with three disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. And the other nine disciples were at the foot of the mountain and a man brought his son, a lunatic, that devils oppress when the moon is out. And they could not do anything. So when Jesus came down, the man ran to Jesus and said, Hey, see my son. He's uh, demon-possessed. I brought him to your disciples. They could not do anything. And the man was worried. And Jesus turned to the man and said something in Mark 9 verse 23. He said to the man, he said to the man, If you can believe. Say, if you can believe. He says, nothing, all things are possible to him who believes. Are you seeing again? The clause again. There's a clause. Just don't say, ah, all these are impossible. All these are possible for you. No problem. I'm here now. No. He said to the man, yes, I'm here. I am God. I have all the power. I can do all things. I can do exceedingly abundantly for you. I can command that de demon to go, but I need cooperation from you. I need you to meet a condition according to the power at work within you. There is something within you that I need. If it aligns with me, Jesus, then miracles will happen. Hey, 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 hey. I want to shout out loud wherever you are. Say there is a magnet within you. Hey, I'm going to show you those magnets throughout every Tuesday. Make sure you keep a date with me. Some of you, those miracles you've been waiting for have not come because that condition you need to meet, you've not met it. And God is there waiting with all his power, waiting, waiting for you to meet all that condition. So miracles will happen in your life. Just says to the man, if only you believe. So one of the conditions, but I'm going to look at that last, is faith. But if you believe it to me, you will have noticed that one of the magnets within you is faith. See, if you believe, I'm powerful, yes, but I need your cooperation. I am mighty. I can do miracles. I can keep those Satan out, devils out. But I need you. 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 So one of the magnets that is within you is belief. One of the magnets that is within you is faith. Glory be to God. Oh, my shatakreke labosa. Somewhere else again in Luke chapter 5. You know, um, a man, a leper, met Jesus. Went to Jesus in verse in verse 12. Luke chapter 5, verse 12. Met Jesus. You know, 
and fell on his face. Say, Lord, 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 if you are willing. Ha, I must say something now on this. Glory be to God. Permit me, I need an extra 10 minutes. Because we've been taught some things wrongly as Christians that have short circuit our, our, uh, the way we think and reason that also affected how we are able to receive from God. Listen to this story. So the leper, the leper fell. Say, Lord, if you be willing, <laughs> he said, if you be willing, make me clean, Lord. Say, Lord, if you be willing, make me clean. Listen to Jesus' answer. Verse 13. And Jesus said to him, <laughs> after he put his hand on him and touched him, Jesus saying, said, I will be clean. That leper is like many of us. We come to God and say, Father, uh, if, the, if it be thy will, let if you will it, will it, will it, will it me. If you will it, it Father, do this for me. If you don't will it, it, don't do it for me. We come to God from a place of, huh, I'm not sure if God wants to, to do this. I'm not sure. So we come with, if you will. Hey, do you know what will is? A will is like um, a document that when somebody dies, leaves containing instruction of how his property or her property will be disbursed to the benefactors. So that will is also like a covenant. That's why when a rich man dies, his benefactors gather, the rich man's lawyer comes out to read the will. And he usually starts with this. So this is the will and testament of so-so-and-so person. And he reads the will. Now, that will or that testament for us is the word of God. We already have the will. Why? Jesus has gone to heaven. He died and left the will for, for us. Now, unlike the dead man, the dead rich man, let me give you this story. Charles Podger was called up one day to go and pray for a woman that was at the point of death. So he entered the woman's cottage in England here, I think some hundred years ago. I wanted to pray for the woman. The woman was lying in bed. Then his eye caught something that was framed over the woman's bed. So he went closer and read the document and he was shocked. Why? The woman that was lying on the bed close to death was dying from malnourishment. Do you know what that means? Meaning the man, the woman is not eating well. The woman is not eating well. That also means the woman does not have money to feed well. And she's dying from lack of money, from lack of food. And I just spoke of said to the woman, this document, that will give it to, to you. Oh, the woman said, oh, I started crying. She said, it was my mistress. My mistress, oh, my lovely mistress that died some decades ago. And when she died, that's what she gave me. So because I loved my mistress so much, I took the document and I framed it. 
because of the love I have for my mistress. I just framed this so I can always remember her. And just watch a look at the woman. He said, do you know what that document is? She said, no, but I treasure it with my life. So I said, that document you framed is the legal document bequeathing everything that woman owns. The woman was, I think the woman was, was a baroness. She served in the baroness house. She was one of those maids. And the baroness loved her so much because of the way she served her. And the baroness, if you know about baronesses in this country, <laughs> they're wealthy. The baroness bequeathed her whole estate to that maid. And it was given her in a document. The maid, being illiterate, framed it because she valued anything that her boss gave her. And she's on her deathbed, dying from starvation and malnourishment. Yet, she was as rich as the Baroness, as written in that document, hanging over her bed. See, you can be dying in silence and the key to your solution or the solution to your problem, the key out of that quagmire might be over your head and you won't even know it. That is how that woman <laughs> was helped by Charles Spurgeon. So Spurgeon did not need again to pray. Why? The solution to the cause of her sickness was a document over the head of her bed. For some of you, those things you are trusting God for, the solution is in this series I'm going to run. Some of the things I'm going to teach you and show you will break the chains that have held you down. Will break the chains that have stopped you from accessing those miracles. Just revelation. The woman just got revelation of what that document means. She moved from abject poverty to being a very rich woman. She just understood. Meanwhile, she has had it all this while. We've had our own will and testament from Jesus. The Bible, we've had it for years. But I'm trusting God with this series will unveil a lot of things from that scripture, from that Bible that will move you from where you are to where you ought to be. Now, if that baroness was alive, she would have gone to the courts and made sure that the courts hand over everything she owned to that woman. But she's dead. She could not do that. And the woman, being ignorant, died in silence. Though she had the will and testament of the, of the baroness. That is why Jesus, when he died, left his will and testament containing the Bible for us. Did not die and stayed in the grave. He rose up after three days, ascended to heaven, and he seated at the right hand of God to ensure that his will, his testament, will be executed by himself. So you will not die in silence like that woman that almost died, though she was rich. That's why he's calling you to come. He's standing, waiting. Come. 
join him so together you can possess everything he has died for. Everything he's discomfited Satan for to deliver those miracles to you. And finally, as I close, blind Bartimaeus shouted from where he was sat, Jesus, son of David, Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Matthew 9, 27. Son of David, have mercy on me. Two blind men followed him, shouting, have mercy on us, have mercy on us. Then he entered the house. The blind men approached him and Jesus said to him, do you believe? Do you believe that I can do this? Why was Jesus asking them if they believe he can do this? Why didn't he just do it? Why didn't he just heal them? Why was he asking the two blind men if they believe? What was I said? If God wanted to do it, he would have done it. If God wanted to change my lot, he would have done it since. That he didn't do it means that he didn't want to do it. And they will not end their statement by saying that God is sovereign. No, 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 no. Not when it comes to earth. Jesus has told us that God is willing. He's already willing. He's willing. He's just waiting on us. According to the power at work within you. There are some conditions precedent to draw down that must be within you. When God comes, added to those conditions in you, added to those state of mind, attitude in you, then the miracle will come. That's why Jesus did not just go ahead and heal them. He wanted to check if they have met one of the conditions within them. And what is the condition? The condition of faith. He says to them, do you believe that I am able unto him who is able. He's able, we know. But he's still waiting on you. For one condition, for two conditions, for those magnets in you, are they there so that what you want will be given you in excess, in abundance? And what do them blind men say? They say, yes, Lord. Yes, we believe. So they met one of the conditions. One of the magnets, which is the magnet of faith, was in them. And Jesus said to them, when he touched their heart, their eyes, he now said to them, let it be done. Show that scripture. <laughs> Show that scripture, verse 29. He said, let it be done. Have you seen that word again? According to your faith. So incidentally, this introduction, I have all given you one of the magnets. I wanted to leave faith for the last, but I guess we've talked about it already. One of the magnets within you is the magnet of faith. According to the power at work within you. One of the powers at work within you is the power of faith. Or like the way I like to put it, the force of faith that one of the magnets and you know something about this faith you already have it because when God came into your life he walked in with his faith and Paul told us that you have the faith of God when we read Galatians chapter 2 verse 16 verse 19 and all that you see clearly 
you have the faith of God. All you need to do is to appropriate it. All you need to do is to exercise it. All you need to do is to take corresponding actions of faith in line with what you believe. And the Bible says that all things, all things will become possible. Thank you.